Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Give us a call, 208-991-4783, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners, and I want to thank especially Cynthia for sending along a contribution. And as we do with all contributions of $7 or more, we'll be sending access to our premium site. Well, uh, so in some series, it's important to note the date of the broadcast. Uh, and uh, you, you might, just by the sheer number of uh, Fat Man episodes we have to play for you, get the impression... Uh, that the Fat Man was kind of a short series. We have, uh, just one more episode of the Fat Man than we did of the Poirot, uh, radio series we did a few months back. Uh, but the Fat Man was a much longer lived, uh, series. Poirot lasted about one season. But, uh, J. Scott Smart played the Fat Man from, uh, January of 1946. Uh, to September of 1951. This was a very long incumbency in a role for uh, any character. Uh, for comparison, how long did J. Scott Smart play the Fat Man? He played uh, that character longer than uh, Bob Bailey played uh, Johnny Dollar. He played that character uh, longer than Sam Spade was even on the air with uh, both stars. Uh, this was uh, a very uh, long-running and popular series just because of some of the factors working against it. We don't have a whole lot in circulation, but always keep that in mind. All right, well, now it's time to listen to today's episode. It is from July 8th, 1946, and the title is The Black Angel. Weight, 237 pounds. Danger. Who is it? The Fat Man. The American Broadcasting Company brings you the adventures of Dashiell Hammett's latest and most fascinating character... The Fat Man, a fast-moving criminologist who tips the scales at 237 pounds. Tonight's adventure, The Black Angel. And now, here is The Fat Man. A fat man is not supposed to have the physical endurance and staying power of the thinner, leaner boys. When he lugs that extra weight around, he loses his wind quicker and his muscles tire faster. 
If you've ever made a forced march with 50 or 60 pounds of equipment on your back, you know what I mean about a fat man's extra weight. But quick thinking will save a tremendous amount of energy. And a fat man has to save his energy in my business because you need every bit of it when you're fighting with a murderer. It's funny how much you can tell about a person at a glance, especially if you trained yourself to take in everything. I liked this guy the minute he walked in my office, and I felt sorry for him. I liked him because his eyes were honest and intelligent. He was in his late 30s, nice-looking without being handsome. His conservative, well-made clothes told me he had a commuter's ticket in his pocket and a growing bank account he'd earned himself. I felt sorry for him as he stood in front of my desk because I'd seen the same expression on the face of a soldier in Belgium when his wife wrote him she wanted a divorce. He didn't waste any time, and I knew he was telling the truth. Mr. Runyon, my name is Atchison. John Atchison. Sit down, Mr. Atchison. Oh, thanks. I... I hope you'll understand. I always try to. What's the trouble? I don't like this sort of thing. I, I don't like anything sneaky or underhanded, but, but there's nothing else I can do. I... I can't stand it any longer. It's, it's driving me crazy. I, I, I can't sleep. I, I can't eat. I, I walked around the block four times before I could make myself come in. Wife trouble? Why, why yes. How did you know? There are a lot of wives and a lot of husbands. You'd be surprised how many of them come in here. Yes, I suppose so. I suppose it's an old story. I, I guess I'm a fool, but I, I never thought it could happen to me. Another man? Well, I, I'm not sure. Don't you see? That's the trouble. I, I'm not sure. I know there's something, somebody, but I, I've got to find out the truth. I, I've got to know before I lose my mind. Have you asked your wife about it? Oh, no. No, of course not. Don't you understand? I love Peggy. I love her more than anything in the world, and, and I've always trusted her. If I were wrong, I could never forgive myself. Well, I understand. You want me to find out who this guy is and what's going on? Yes. I simply want to know the truth. Maybe hard to take. I can take it. Okay, Atchison. Now, tell me why you're suspicious. What's happened? It started only three days ago. I came home early. Peggy was talking on the telephone, and she didn't hear me come in. I, I heard her say, but Angel, John mustn't know. I, I was stunned. I, I couldn't believe my ears. And then she said, all right, all right, I'll... I'll meet you in the same place at nine tonight. Did she know you'd hurt her? Oh, no, no, no. I, I waited a few minutes, then walked in. She seemed flustered and surprised that I was home early, but, but said nothing about the phone call. That night, she said she was going to see her girlfriend. You didn't try to follow her? Oh, no, no. I, I couldn't bring myself to that. Besides, I kept hoping that I'd been mistaken, that, that maybe she hadn't, hadn't said that at all. Uh, never had any reason to suspect her before, eh? Never. Hmm. It's just possible, Atchison, that what you heard her say on the phone might have had a different meaning from what you suspect. Oh, but, but how could it? How long have you been married? Not quite a year. What do you know about your wife's past? Why, actually, I know very little about her past life. I, I never questioned her. She has no family and... Where'd you meet her? Oh, she 
She was the cashier in one of those dance halls, a place called the Tropical Garden. Oh, I know what you're thinking, Runyon, but you're wrong. I, I, I used to be lonely, and, well, I, I went there sometimes. She wasn't like the others. We fell in love and got married. I see. You know, it might not be another man at all, Atchison. It might be something worse. What? Blackmail. Blackmail? I hadn't thought of that. That might explain... Explain what? The, the money. What money? The $300 that's missing from our savings account. dance, don't you? Yeah. I don't remember seeing you here in the gardens before. You're a new one, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You aren't very talkative, are you? Not usually. Are you? What do you mean by that? Of course I like to talk. Well, that's swell. Maybe you can tell me something. What? Do you remember a girl named Peggy that used to work here? She was a cashier. Sure, I remember Peggy. Why? Well, I'm trying to find her. I thought maybe somebody here could tell me something about her. Hey, wait a minute, mister. Who are you trying to kid? Nobody, sweetheart. I'm related to her. The folks think something has happened to her. I thought maybe I could find out who her friends were when she were here or if she'd had any trouble. <laughs> Boy, you kill me. Yeah? Yeah. You never saw Peg in your life. What makes you think so? Because she's sitting right over there at that table in the corner. Oh, the girl sitting alone? Yeah, that's fake. There was a guy with her a minute ago, but he ain't there now. Say, what's your racket anyway? I'm a Hollywood talent scout, sister. Here, buy yourself a new mink coat. A talent scout? Hello, Peggy. What? Don't you remember me? Why, no. <laughs> I used to meet so many men here. Well, you didn't meet me here. Where, where did I meet you? I'm a friend of John's. John? Yeah. Mind if I sit down? Please. He'll be right back in a minute. And... Hmm? Who's he? Listen. I don't know your name. But if you're a friend of John's, you'll forget you saw me here tonight. And you'll never, never tell him. Why? Because what a husband doesn't know won't hurt him? No. You don't understand, and I can't explain. Are you in trouble? Yes. Maybe I can help you. No, I don't think so. I don't think anyone can help me. Well, tell me about it. No. Not now, not here. Where, then? Meet me tomorrow at the Primrose Bar at 1 o'clock. Okay, honey, but be there. You don't show up, I'm going to have a talk with your husband. I'll be there. But please, please, John mustn't know anything about this. He mustn't know anything at all. Why not? Because... If he found out, he might be murdered. Runyon? Yeah? Pleased to meet you, Runyon. I've heard about you. My name's Caldwell. I'm an operative from San Francisco. Maybe you've heard of me. Not that I recall, but there's something familiar about you. I, uh, I had a bad break not long ago. I did my job too well and got my mug plastered all over a lot of newspapers. Maybe you saw my picture. Maybe. Could be that. It hurt my work a lot. 
Too many people know me. Fame does have its drawbacks. Yeah. You're a long way from home, Caldwell. That's why I came to see you, Runyon. Oh? Here on the job? That's right. I've got no connections here, and I might need a little help. I thought maybe you'd like to give it to me. There might be a lot of dough in it for you. How much is a lot? Say, $5,000. Mm, that is a lot of money, Caldwell. Yeah, for five grand, a man is a sucker to ask too many questions. You know, that's a funny thing, Caldwell. That's exactly what I think. We're going to get along swell. Sure. Now, tell me about the job. Well, about a couple of weeks ago, a guy comes into my office and makes me a proposition. It seems a pal has disappeared with a hundred thousand bucks in cash, and half of it belonged to my client. He wanted me to find his pal. Where did the hundred grand come from? I don't know, but let's just say it was dropped by a careless bank messenger, and these two guys found it lying in the street. Finders keepers, hmm? Yeah. And now you want to shed the client and do a little finders keepers on your own? That's the general idea. After all, the dough doesn't belong to either of them. The client's out on the coast. The uh, climate here doesn't agree with them. You found this client's pal, the guy with the dough? I found him. He's here in town, registered in a hotel under a phony name. And the money, you think he's got it with him? I think he's got it hidden somewhere in his hotel room. Where do I come in? And why, if there's a hundred grand in it, do I only get five? <laughs> A minute ago, that was a lot of money. That was a minute ago. It's still enough for what I want you to do. I'll do the tough part. What's the easy part? All you do is get this guy out of the hotel and keep him out until I can give the room a good going over and get the dough. Ooh, it does sound easy. It's a cinch. Once I get the money out of the room, we're safe. We can't go to the police. What about your client? Don't worry about him. Well, how do I know you won't cross me up? You don't know it. You just have to trust me. I don't like it. It'd be a sap to pass up such an easy five grand. I won't cross you. Well, how do you know I won't go to the cops for this story? What good would it do? You don't know these two guys? Besides, there's another good reason why you won't do that. What's the other reason? This gun in my pocket. Oh, you play rough, hmm? Plenty rough. Well, how about it? Is it a deal? Okay. Count me in. That's better. Meet me at 8 o'clock tonight at the corner of 50th and 8th Avenue. What's the guy's name and what hotel's he in? Do I look like a sap? I'll tell you at 8 tonight. Okay. I'll see you at 8 then. Yeah. Hello? Yeah? What's on your mind? Listen, Brad. You remember a gang of bank robbers operating in the Middle West a couple of years ago led by a guy named Angel Black? Yeah. I remember something about it. Uh, didn't the papers call him the Black Angel? That's right. If you remember, he was caught and sent up for life. But one member of the gang, a fellow called Snyder, was never pulled in, and the loot from a couple of bank chaps was never found. Hey, wait a minute, O'Hara. What about this guy, Angel Black? prison about a week ago, and we just got a tippy somewhere in this vicinity. I want you to keep your eyes open for him. What's he look like? Well, he's short, heavy set, jet black hair, and I It's think... not black anymore, O'Hara. It's red, and he's wearing a red mustache. 
talking about? How do you know? He just left my office about two minutes ago. Sorry, but I had to be careful. I was afraid I might be followed. Your husband? No. The the man I was with last night. You saw him, didn't you? He has red hair and a red mustache. No, not last night. But I don't understand. He saw you at my table. When you left, he walked after you. Didn't he speak to you? No. But two and two are rapidly making four. What do you mean? I think your friend followed me home last night. How did you get mixed up with Angel Black, Mrs. Atchison? You... you know him? You know who he is? Yeah. But... but how? Never mind that. No, no, you've got to tell me. How did you know it was the Angel? Don't you see? He's desperate. He... He came to see me this morning. What did he say? What did he want? Made me a proposition. Oh, you shouldn't have sat at my table last night. Don't you understand? It's a trap. He'll kill you. He'll kill John, too. That's why John mustn't know. You still haven't told me where you come in on this business. I... I used to know the... I used to know the guy. He... I was his girl. We were going to be married. Were you one of his gang? No. At least I... I never knowingly was. I didn't know the truth about him. When I found out, it was too late. He made me go with him when things got too hot. They finally got him and sent him up. I never went back home. I came here and got a job in the tropical garden. How did Angel find you? I don't know. It was four nights ago. I'd gone down to the drugstore for something and was walking home. The street was dark and deserted. Hello, Peg. What? Who? Who are you? Don't you recognize me, Peggy? Angel. Yeah. Who else? Let me look at you. But, Angel, you... How did you get... Never mind that, baby. I'm out and I come back. No, no, Angel, don't, please. For two years I've been waiting for you. Let go of me. Wait a minute. What's the idea? No, Angel. Please, don't you understand? I... I'm married now. I'm happy. I, I... I try to forget all that. You're not forgetting anything, baby. You're leaving with me. They won't get me again. Listen, Peg, I know where the money is. Money? Yeah, a hundred grand. They never found it because that rat Snyder got away with it, but I found him. He's registered here in the city at the Gilroy Hotel on the name of Cooley. He's got the money with him in cash. How do you know? Word gets around, even in jail. But, but the police, they'll find oh, you. Oh, no, they won't. That's where you're going to help me. No. No, I told you that's all over. Listen, I get this straight. If you like this guy you're married to, you'd better do what I say. You... you wouldn't. Wouldn't I? Now then, I need some dough to get some clothes and dye my hair. You're going to give it to me. But... If you want your husband to keep his health, you'll have it for me tomorrow. And don't try any funny business or you'll get it too. All right, I'll get you some money, but afterwards... Afterwards, you're coming with me. After I knock off Snyder and get the dough. Kill? Yeah. And anybody else who gets in my way. And don't you forget it. Next day, I gave him $300. 
And then last night, he insisted I meet him again. You're sure it's the Gilroy Hotel Snyder is hiding in? Yes. What can I do? What if John finds out? Just sit tight and play along with Angel. Agree with anything he says. Personally, I don't think you'll hear from him again. Why not? Because tonight, he's planning to kill Snyder, get the money, and then kill me. Hotel Gilroy. Yeah, cheesy-looking dump, isn't it? Yeah. Nevertheless, let's go in. Hey, clerk. What room is Mr. Cooley in? 510, top floor. Is he in now? How should I know? Is his key in the box? Uh, no, I guess he's in. Uh, come over here closer. Yeah, what's the matter? Look. Oh, please. That's right. Listen, this is a respectable hotel. We don't want no trouble. Neither do we. Give us the pass key. Oh, okay. Here. There may be some shooting upstairs. Keep everybody off the fifth floor till we come down. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, say, what's this guy Cooley done? Never mind. Morning, huh? All right.
quick, I huh? Over here in this doorway. You're crazy to try and pull this alone, Brad. I shouldn't let you do it. Now, take it easy. I know what I'm doing. Hazel's no fool, and he can spot cops a mile away. If you had men planted near me, he'd never make his play. This way, I can get him for you alive. But you said yourself he was gunning for you. Not the way you think, O'Hara. That's why I wanted you to keep quiet about Snyder's murder. I don't get it. I think he's going to try and frame Snyder's murder on me. On you? Sure. Don't you see? It'd be a cinch. That is, it would have been if we hadn't already found the body. As long as he thinks I'm a dumb dick trying to pick up an easy five grand, he can't miss. Why? He'll meet me, send me up to the room, supposedly, to get Snyder out. Then he'll tip the police. Oh, I get it. Sure, they catch me there red-handed. Yeah, but suppose the girl tips him off that you know who he is. That's a chance I've got to take. For the time being, I'm betting she's on the level. Everything ought to go okay, unless... Unless what? Unless Angel didn't kill Snyder. But you don't think... The possibility. Okay, O'Hara, it's nearly eight. Stay here in this doorway. I'm going to walk down there now and meet Angel. Don't show yourself. But if we start walking, follow us and be sure he doesn't spot you. Okay, Brad, but be careful. Hello, Ronnie. Hey, you're right on time. There's an alley over here. Let's walk down there. Why the alley? We can talk better there. Okay. What's the deal? You got a gun on you? Yeah, why? I just wondered. You might need it. I don't like guns. That wasn't in the deal. I know, but this Cooley's a tough baby. Cooley? Yeah, that's his name. Now listen. Here's what I want you to do. He's living on a little cheap hotel, the Gilroy. It's on Clover Street. His room is 510. How do you know if he'll be there? I don't know for sure, but he never goes out. That's why I needed help on a deal. To get him out of the room. Oh, I get it. You go over there and bust in his room. Got a pass key? Sure. Good. Don't knock. Just go right in. Act tough. Tell him you're the house, Dick, that the manager wants to talk to him about his bill or something. When you get him downstairs, call him Mr. Jones. He'll say that isn't his name. You've made a mistake. Apologize and insist on buying him a drink. Mm, it sounds simple enough, doesn't it? Sure. In the meantime, no, I... Angel. Somebody's coming. No, no, you, you Better, killed him. You fool, he isn't dead. I slugged him. Daddy, you're following me. Run in. Run in. Hey, come on, it's a trap. Come I... on. Stop. Brad, Brad, are you all right? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. He slugged me when the girl... Yeah, I saw her run down here. She must be in it with him. She came to warn him. Can they get away? Yeah. Come on. Where are we going? Back to the Gilroy Hotel. Why? Because I think the $100,000 is still hidden somewhere in Snyder's room. What makes you think the killer didn't find the money? Two things, O'Hara. In the first place, the key to the room is missing. The murderer kept it so he could get, get back in the room later, after the murder had been discovered and the body had been removed. Well, what's the other reason? The fact that Angel was so anxious to frame the murder on me. If he'd gotten the money, he wouldn't have bothered with me. 
But he came to you before he killed Snyder. Yeah, but when he first came to me, I think he was planning to kill me in the alley. But why? Because he'd seen me talking to the girl the night before, and he knew I was a detective. Later, when he couldn't find the money, that he decided to frame me for Snyder's murder. But where is the money? The place had been torn apart. It wasn't in the room. That's what I mean, O'Hara. Well, here we are. Come on. Hey, I wonder what's the matter. All the people running toward the side of the hotel. I don't know. Oh, here comes the room clerk. What's the matter back there? Oh, and 510 just jumped out the window. Say, aren't you the Yeah, dick? quick, O'Hara. Let's go, let's go here. Stand back. Stand back. I'm from police headquarters. Why? Why, that's not Mr. Cooley. No, it's Angel Black, and he's dead. <laughs> What could have happened? Mr. Cooley murdered right in this room and this red-headed man dead. Never mind that. You say this red-headed guy came in with a girl about 15 minutes before you heard the crowd yelling outside? Yeah, it may have been less than that. And this other guy, the one who came in after them? Well, he seemed nervous. He was nice looking, about 35. Yes, what room Mr. Cooley was in, I told him and he went up. Several minutes later, I heard the noise outside and went out and, well... You know the rest. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who was this third guy, Brad? Must have been Atchison, the girl's husband. What was he doing here? No, yeah, he must have followed his wife or Angel. Oh, well, then it's plain enough to me, Brad. Yeah? Sure. Angel and the girl bump into Snyder's room. He finds the money. The girl's husband comes in. They have a fight, and Angel gets shoved out the window. The girl and her husband take the money and beat it during the confusion downstairs. That's a good story, O'Hara. But that isn't what happened. Well, the money's gone, and it wasn't on Angel when he was shoved out the window. He wasn't shoved, O'Hara. Are you trying to tell me he committed suicide? No, it was an accident. An accident? Are you nuts? The girl and her husband killed him for the money. They couldn't have done that, O'Hara. Why not? Because the money is still where Cooley hid it. Where? I'm over here by the window. Look, O'Hara, on that little ledge around the corner. Well, I'll be... A briefcase. Yeah, and it's got the money in it. Then Angel must have been trying to reach it. You see, you, you can't reach it from here. You'd have to climb out onto the ledge. Yeah. He must have seen the briefcase and climbed out to get it. The girl saw a chance and shoved him over. We'd better get out an alarm to pull her in right away. Now, hold it, O'Hara. The only thing that girl did was try to save her husband's life and happiness. She loved her husband, O'Hara. But still, she must have shoved... Look here. See how slick this ledge is? The guy slipped as he was reaching for the money. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right at that. Sure I am. He was in a hurry, O'Hara, and he fell. And a black angel doesn't have wings. at this time, the American Broadcasting Company brings you another adventure of Dashiell Hammett's exciting new character, The Fat Man. Next week's story is called The Skull's Ballroom. And as The Fat Man says, A ballroom is usually a gay, carefree place filled with happy, dancing couples. 
But this isn't true of the Skulls Ballroom. There, the couples are ghosts of the past. And the slow waltz they do is the dance of death. Tonight's adventure of The Fat Man, played by J. Scott Smart, was produced by Charles Powers. Music was under the direction of Bernard Green. Sergeant O'Hara is played by Ed Begley. This is Gene Kirby speaking. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Welcome back. I just absolutely love the way these shows are written. And uh, the endings uh, so often uh, diverge from what we traditionally expect uh, from radio detective shows. Uh... Just uh, incredibly clever writing, and uh, Jack Smart absolutely on all the time. So I'm eagerly awaiting bringing in next week's episode of The Fat Man. Join us tomorrow for Let George Do It. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and call us 208-991-4783. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.